This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians, for estheticians, and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys, and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. Hey guys, welcome back to The Treatment Room. This is Tess, and today I just felt like hopping on and doing a little solo episode. I was feeling chatty, I was reflecting on 2019, and I realized I couldn't really just think of 2019 without thinking of the year that came before that. It's really been the past two years. I think I have just stepped kind of stepped into a light. I think I got away from a lot of the expectations and rules I had for myself. And I think that's when I started just doing things because I purely wanted to do them and living my passion because it truly lit me up. And I feel like doing that has just kind of surrounded me with this, it sounds cheesy, but like a protective healing light that keeps guiding me toward a higher purpose and bigger and better things I want to do. So I wanted to just hop in, hop on and talk about a few concrete things you can do if you're listening and wanting to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, any creative project. I don't think our culture puts enough emphasis on doing things purely because you love them. There's all this talk about side hustle and hustle culture and all of that. What I'm talking about is doing things that are purely hobbies because you enjoy them. I think that's how you win in the long run. And I think it all comes down to why you are doing something. So I want to get into a few tips that I hope help somebody else if they are wanting to do the same and just start that project they've been thinking about. So I got on YouTube about two years ago. And I think a question I get a lot, not not a lot because I think a lot of you are really invested in the esthetician world, but I get a few of you trickling in saying, you know, you really want to start a personal page or a channel and you don't know where to start. And I have been in that position because I wanted to start a YouTube channel. Honestly, in high school, I thought it was so cool, but I would I would look at the people doing it and just think I could never do that. I don't have the <laughs> talent or I'm not entertaining enough. And I'm I'm glad I waited because I think now I have such a strong purpose for it. But I want to get into why just starting, literally just turning the camera on or putting the mic on 
is your first step. And I know you're probably thinking, of course, Tess, that's so obvious. That's literally how you start something. But what I'm saying is you may have to start and have a few episodes, have a few videos that maybe you don't even end up putting up. If you can, more power to you. And the more content you start posting, honestly, the more the algorithm tends to favor you. But you have to really just start and see what sticks. I say this because when I started out YouTube, I would just, I was obsessed with makeup and I got into YouTube because I looked at my idols like Jaclyn Hill or Nikki Tutorials or Tori Sterling and I wanted to so badly emulate what they were doing. So if you look at my videos, I have videos ranging from 100 views to 13,000 views and the difference between them really comes down to providing value and giving people what they want. And I'm going to get more into that. But the point is that you really just have to start producing content and see what works. Because when I started out, I obviously had no talent with makeup. I, I'm i okay and I can create you know, nice looks for my day to day. But in the world of the internet where makeup is probably the most saturated topic on YouTube, there was just no reason for anyone to really watch my makeup videos. I wasn't providing enough value. It wasn't different enough. So those videos didn't stick. The ones that succeeded were the ones I was actually answering people's questions, providing answers on a topic that really nobody was covering at the time. So I started to realize, and this is my second tip, being niche. I started to realize that being specific with your content is what stands out on the internet. And you can't think of it as I wonder what is going to catch people's attention most. You really have to be authentic and you have to offer something that is specific. So this doesn't have to be crazy. If you are a tax professional, maybe you make videos about doing your taxes. I'm an esthetician. And so I can provide tips on not only skincare for the masses and consumers, but I started educating people because it was what I loved. And I think in educating, you start to make yourself stand out as a credible source. So you have to throw up content. Some of it's going to be a fail and you have to just embrace that and You have to be willing to take some L's. That is for sure. I'm not making this podcast because I have the most viewers on YouTube. What I'm talking about is just purely creating authentic content and cultivating an engaged audience. Because I think in the long run, that is truly what stands out. Those meaningful relationships. And if we're talking about sponsors, those kind of things, brands are interested in people who are connecting with their subscribers and have that intimate relationship because you can see on a micro level how those relationships at a smaller scale far outweigh 
a large audience that's not really listening, if you follow me. The next thing I want to talk about that I started to do when I got on YouTube, I would share my my videos, whatever content I was posting, I would share it to whatever channels I had access to. So whether what that was Snapchat, which gives a really handy swipe up link, I would send those videos out to a few of my friends or people in esthetician school and slowly start generating word of mouth. Then I got a little smarter and I started putting my Snapchat handle in my videos. So if people were watching, they could find me on Snapchat. Then I started cultivating almost like a little like mailing list where anytime I posted a video, I could send it out. And then those people felt really special because they were connecting with me, they watched my videos. And then we would start chatting on Snapchat. And I, I'll i never forget, and I still talk to some of those people I started chatting with in the beginning. I was so happy to be engaging with them. I think they thought it was cool that somebody, you know, that they looked to was actually taking the time to chat back with them. So that was one of the things I did. I started sharing on Snapchat. I started sharing on Instagram. I realized as I was sharing videos to Instagram, my audience that was watching on Instagram, which were, you know, people from college, people from high school, I started to realize that audience wasn't necessarily the audience that was going to be interested in watching me on YouTube, which again, sounds obvious, but a lot of people don't really understand the separation and why I say you should have a separate Instagram page for any kind of message you are trying to promote. So I got a, I, when I started a separate Instagram, I had a few people kind of trickle over and that was nice. And that kind of showed me there was a small percentage of that previous audience that was interested, but they, the people who were interested in seeing, you know, what I did on the weekend were a little bit different from those who wanted to understand why a certain serum was beneficial for your skin, if you follow. Okay, so I'm covering Snapchat, Instagram, Pinterest. Pinterest, I know it gets a little overlooked these days. And now there's, you know, things like TikTok, there's always new sites and social media platforms becoming available. So you want to take advantage, I think, of both the old and the new. Just because something's not necessarily the most trendy doesn't mean it can't generate some great clicks for you. So some of my videos, I would create little thumbnails and I would post them to Pinterest with a link. So people coming to Pinterest would have the click through to my YouTube. I had somewhat of a decent sized Pinterest audience. I I believe I have a few thousand and not a huge number, but it's a little something of a following because I, I started pinning and I was very invested in Pinterest when it first came out. So that was just a little way to bring people over. And in the beginning, you have to take, you kind of have to take what you can get. So I sent my videos out to really like any little audience I could think of. I also sent them out 
I sent out kind of an announcement to my immediate family saying that I was starting this, starting this YouTube page and I would really love their support. I have a pretty big like Southern family, probably about like 50 people. So them following my YouTube in the beginning, it was just kind of like what you need in the beginning when you're literally starting from zero. So that was helpful. A lot of my female cousins said they would share with their friends. So that just started like kind of getting me off the ground. Also important to make the distinction, those people, my family members who were subscribing, quote unquote, subscribing in the beginning, they weren't going to be the people who were watching my videos consistently. A few of my cousins still do, and that's great. But in the beginning, you may have to just start generating a little bit of an audience from anyone you know that will watch. So I had to start letting go of that fear of being shy, even though so many of these videos were cringy. I feel like my videos are still kind of cringy, but you just have to let it go if it's something that's going to fulfill you and something that you want to do. So you have to let go of that fear of that judgment. I'm sure people were really surprised because growing up, I hated to talk in front of people. I never wanted to raise my hand in class. I was just known as a really shy kid. So I think to a lot of people, it kind of came as a surprise that I was voicing myself and putting myself out there. And that puts that much of a spotlight, much more of a spotlight on you. So you really have to work through it and let go of, you know, any shyness or whatever. People see your video and they think, they think you don't look amazing or you sound weird. So what? At the end of the day, you're the only one living your own life. So I think something I had to get past was being afraid of what, like, honestly, a handful of five people. I would think about, like, the, the same three to five people watching my videos. And what if this person saw it? Who cares? Like, it's something you want to do. So to win in the long run, I think you really have to stop caring what other people think. And I know it's easier said than done, but that is the first way to move forward. Okay, so I've talked about Snapchat and all these little channels, these micro channels I started using in the beginning. At the heart of this, I think what really, really helps, and it was just so natural to me at the time, but I talked to anyone listening, whether it was somebody I sent a link to on Snapchat or somebody who posted a comment to my video. I treated every comment and I still do with just with so much heart. Like I, I always respond to every comment and I think you just have to. I think it's, I don't understand why certain influencers don't take the time to respond to comments. Not only does it up your engagement, but it's like these people are taking time out of their day when there's so much out there to watch you and consume your content. So I am so grateful for any type of response and engagement or message that I've affected somebody's life or influenced them to go to school it like shakes me to my core and I'm so humbled and grateful for that. And I never forget it. So as busy as I get, 
And as busy as I was in the beginning, I was so excited to get a comment that I would not only start commenting and it, it wouldn't be things like, thanks girl, like thanks for watching. It would be something to start a conversation. I would always ask a question. I would always keep things going. Maybe we would connect on Instagram. And truly the people who supported me in the beginning, like, thank you guys so much. Thank you still. But you have to be so appreciative and grateful and treat anyone listening to your comments content as not only a friend, but just like be so gracious and thankful for them because those people who rally behind you in the beginning are so crucial and necessary to your growth. You need them. So, and they are the ones who are going to spread the word to their friends. And that word of mouth is so important, especially when we're talking about niche circles where they're an esthetician and they could be passing word on to a whole class or, you know, just a group of their other esthetician friends. Those are like the exact people you want to reach. So I didn't think about any of this at the time, but I think it's really what has helped cultivate my channel to be what it is today. So the next thing I want to want to get into is, you know, why I really started started sharing and what my channel has evolved to from the beginning. So at the heart of all of this, I think why you are doing something is so important. And that doesn't mean it can't change because when I started out, I was just excited by a new step in my life. And I was, you know, I was obsessed with YouTube and I really liked Gary Vaynerchuk. I listened to a lot of him and he would always say, document the journey. And I realize now more and more how true that is, because I think the misconception is people want to watch perfection. People want to watch somebody who is already at their end goal. I think that's less and less true as we break down why YouTube channels are successful. And any successful YouTuber will say, are you kidding? Like my first videos were horrible. I started out, you know, just recording on my little phone camera and, you know, here I am now with sponsorships and brand deals and, you know, driving nice cars, all these things. But I think just documenting the journey is what's really interesting to people because it tells a story. And I think storytelling is just in our human nature is what makes for success and successful social media. I think any successful post, anything tells a story because it really just captivates people. So when I started out, I purely just wanted to document the journey. I wanted to put on my esthetician uniform. I wanted to do my makeup and film it for school. I wanted to show what I was packing for lunch. I wanted to show what the classroom was like, what the treatments we offered at school were. I showed you know, so many little pieces of it, getting home late at night and my little nighttime routine. Like I would just share as much as I could throughout the day. And I, those days I look back on at school 
were so much fun because I was doing something that really lit me up. And vlogging, if you've never tried it, I know it sounds silly, but I think it really has the power to make you happy because I think sharing, it it just generates so much happiness. I'm reading a book called Tools of Titans. If you guys haven't heard of it, it's an amazing book and it talks about how the how vlogging actually has the power to elevate your mood and make you happier. So I think it just really like lit up everything I was doing at the time. It made it that much more exciting because I think happiness is greater when shared. So I was not only sharing, I was not only learning it myself, but I was sharing it with others who were interested in the same topic. So I think maybe that's why it was cool to watch. Also at the time, not many people were really sharing what SD school liked looked looks like I remember going to YouTube typing that in seeing a few videos of people at school kind of like on a snack break or whatever but I wasn't seeing the nitty-gritty and since that was what I wanted to see and I couldn't find that I just realized I should start doing it and creating it so my my why and why I was doing YouTube evolved from just wanting to document the journey to wanting to start sharing what I was learning as I was getting a little bit more confident. I was I was learning some things about the skin and I started just sharing that. And I think for people who were about to be in a similar stage in their life or wanted to be in a similar stage in life, like really looked at that information and valued it. I also don't think enough estheticians and skin professionals share on social media. It's starting to become more of a thing in a culture and Instagram. Really, there is a huge esthetician community, but I don't think there was enough of it on YouTube. So I'm, I'm glad I'm starting to do that. And I'm glad it can be a resource because I think with skincare, there's so much information and I hate to say it, but your favorite influencer who's talking about a product without a skin background, it it's not good for your skin. So I want to push people away from the mainstream, getting information about skincare on Instagram or taking a recommendation for someone just because you like who they are as an influencer, it doesn't mean it's going to benefit the skin. So I want to encourage education when it comes to even shopping for skincare, because I think it can be dangerous and harmful for the skin if you are not purchasing the right products. But that's a whole nother tangent. So my journey evolved to wanting to share what I was learning. And now it's kind of evolved to wanting to help others. I think a piece of that was always at the heart of it. But now that I have graduated, I have my license, I've been working in the industry for a little bit. The more I learn, the more I want to pass on to other people. And the more I feel there is a need for estheticians who don't always have access to certain classes and might not know how to prepare for a job interview or how to set themselves up for doing well in school or even just living a healthy lifestyle and understanding that taking care of your body and eating the right foods, working out. I really want to stress like across 
all income brackets, no matter where you come from, because it's such a diverse group of estheticians, I want to encourage everyone to take better care of themselves because you can't take care of others without securing your own mask first and taking care of yourself. So all these things I tried to weave into my channel and now I want to help. So it has to be, your why has to be a genuine reason you're doing something. If it's about money or whatever, wanting clout, it's not going to work. I mean, it may work for a little bit. Maybe you'll get some clickbait. I mean, honestly, it works for some people. And maybe they're, they're, that's their why and there's a market for it. But I believe in creating genuine content. And I think that is what is going to see you through for the long haul. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is patience and consistency. Somebody recently asked me, you know, how I've had a little bit of luck with my channel and really it's, it's been, it's just been the process of day in and day out working and YouTube is, it's a lot of work and it's, it's hard for people to even understand how how much work it takes until you get started and you get involved, but it's really so much fun, but you have to be con- consistent. I would like to be more consistent, post more, but it's just been a process of posting every week for two years and really not much leeway in between that. So whatever is going on in your life, you might have to start saying no to some of the things that aren't going to serve you in the long run and get you where you want to be. So that meant, you know, getting a little less sleep some nights, staying up editing or saying no to going out with friends because I wanted to think of a video idea and execute it and edit it and post it. So it's just patience and consistency. And I think the hard thing about that is keeping going when you're not getting recognition because it it could be a year, it could be two years of, you know, a few hundred people watching and that's okay as long as it makes you happy. And, and I hope it does on some level, not to say there aren't times where you need a little break or it's a little frustrating and that's okay. It doesn't, you don't have to come to a point of desperation where you're doing it and it's not making you happy, but you do have to grind through some of the times you're a little tired and you know, you'd rather be doing something else. So it definitely takes that discipline. And again, keeping going when you're not getting comments or encouragement because you have to see yourself in a higher light down the road and know that that is, is worth whatever you're giving up to do it for. Okay, so next I want to get into something that I want to start doing more of in 2020, and that is collaboration. Collaboration is really how you grow on YouTube, and it's something I'm trying to embrace a little bit more. I don't know as many YouTubers as I would like in the area, and by no, I mean I haven't found, so I need to take the time into, you know, 
finding influencers that would be interesting for my audience to watch because that I think is a great way for people to go both to your page, go to the person you're collaborating with, go to their page. So that is true whether you are on Instagram or doing podcasts or blogging, tagging each other, working with other people obviously helps to just share your audiences. So a few collaborations I have done are one with Glow and Go Lash, who is also an esthetician. She is my best friend since SD school. She doesn't have a YouTube channel, but me including her in my videos and then her sharing those videos on her Instagram, it all just helps a little bit to share the word of mouth. And now that I've been, I get messaged by certain people about, you know, podcasting together, whatnot, I'm really just trying to make sure it's a fit and somebody that you guys would get value from. And if that's the case, I will always say yes. And that is just more of a means for growth and a way of just exposing your audience to new voices. So I'm all for that. Okay. The, one of the last things I want to get down to is bringing value. And I think that is what is missing from a lot of posts or blogs or podcasts or, or YouTube channels. It can't be selfish. You can't be, you know, doing the videos because, you know, it's going to serve yourself. I mean, you can, if it, if it genuinely makes you happy, but if you're interested in, in growth and creating an authentic audience and influencing their lives in, in some way, you have to think of the value you are creating for them. And I make this fail all the time because I personally love creating blogs about wellness and health and having struggled with an autoimmune condition and trying to manage that and manage my health. I take I get a lot out of making those kind of videos and sharing recipes and and whatnot, but I know when I make a vlog about health or wellness, it's really not going to do great. It's probably going to average 500 views or less on a good day, and it's more of a struggle to get my audience to watch those videos. Even though a handful of people say they really like them, the viewership just doesn't end up being there when I do make those videos. So I will take the L and that's fine because I like creating those videos and I want my channel to be about more than just esthetician school, which is a great topic. It's important. But I want to show different facets of my life and what makes me more of a complete, diverse and, you know, a certain type of person. So I kind of see the long term benefit of doing different types of videos, especially those including wellness. I see just kind of like the overall, I think it helps to brand my content, but it may not necessarily bring the most value to my audience. So I don't make those videos as much and it's not so much the focus of my channel because the value right now is about bringing esthetician knowledge to the surface and serving that community. So you have to think about what you can do to bring value. 
for example, in the beginning when I started out, I would offer free, a quote unquote, free resume revamp where I would read literally anyone's resume. I offered to read anyone's resume who was, you know, proactive enough to message me or email me. And I would completely like restructure, rewrite, provide tips on the resume. So that was a service I was providing for free and I was doing it purely because I wanted to help. And I know I have the background in editing and writing. I have a college degree. I've applied for a lot of jobs. I've gone on a lot of job interviews. I've seen and hired employees. So I somewhat know what to look for in a good resume. So I know a lot of the esthetician community, especially those who are younger or, you know, going into school right out of high school, they haven't had that experience. So it was a way I wanted to give back to the community and just literally offer something for free, which sounds crazy. Yes, it it was a little bit time consuming, but I think just providing that value showed my integrity and it helped people to trust me and to see that I'm a compassionate person, I guess, at the end of the day, which of course, none of which I was, you know, thinking and scheming. This is how I'm going to, you know, get people to like me. It was just purely like a service I wanted to offer to help people out. And again, it stays true to my why and my mission, which is helping out other estheticians. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is sponsorships and, you know, brand deals, that kind of thing, because I think there are some myths around it. And I think I have a few tips about how to, I don't know, handle those. So if you are thinking of getting into YouTube, like I said before, because of the sponsorships or the brand deals, I think the myth that, you know, they just kind of come right away, that kind of thing isn't true. And it could be a long road before you are making money from your channel. So if you're thinking, I want to get into YouTube to make money, to have a little side job, that's great. That that can be the case. I make a little bit of money now, but it's nothing substantial. You will make some money from AdSense, but that is a small amount. It's pennies. So it's really just enough to cover your time you spend making on videos in the beginning. So just thinking you're going to get into YouTube and start immediately making money, it could be a long road. So that's why I'm just saying you really have to love it and you have to be willing to put in the hard work for free. So when it comes to sponsors, I just, there are some that are going to be true to your audience and there are going to be brands that reach out and want you to promote something before you've even tried it. And they're going to offer you way less money than you deserve. And you just have to be savvy enough to, to think, is this a product I would actually go out and buy? Is this something I would be interested in? Is it something my friends would be interested in? Is it something I would organically naturally tell my friends about because your subscribers are also your friends? But if not, it it may not be for your highest good. And so I think just the concept of like 
a bunch of little brand deals that may cheapen your brand may not be worth it. Not to say sponsorships are bad. I think more creators should get paid for the work they put in because it really is a lot of time and effort. But at the end of the day, I think my main thing is just highlighting you have to be doing this because it serves you. Maybe it serves your business. I think every business needs more prominent social media that tells a story and provides value. So at the end of the day, do it to serve others. Do it to elevate yourself and put you toward your highest good. And I think educating is a great reason to want to be on YouTube or creating some kind of platform to educate, to inspire, to inform any of those things. Okay, guys, those are my tips. I just completely rambled. I had a lot on my mind regarding social media and all of that. So I hope some of this helped you out and please let us know and leave a review if you guys have been liking our podcast so far. It really supports us. We read all the comments and we just really appreciate you guys taking your time out of your busy day to consume us. Please let us know what you would like to hear from us about next because we love your feedback and want to provide the most value possible again. So thank you for listening and I will talk to you soon. Bye.